It's time for another episode of the School of Purpose podcast. This episode, I interview a leader of leaders, Darren L. Harris, CEO of the Ikaya Youth Project. Let's get ready to learn. Good day, School of Purpose. This is Markeith Brayton, your creator and host of the School of Purpose podcast. I am so excited to be with you again this week. This week, we have an awesome, awesome episode where I interview a colleague of mine who is in a mastermind group with me called the Industry Leaders. I interview today Darren L. Harris. He is the CEO of the Ikaya Youth Project in Louisiana. Darren was in Nashville for a couple of days this week, and I decided that I wanted to catch up with him just to talk to him about leadership and success. So I took some time out, went by his hotel and sat down with him for about an hour or two. And we did a great interview and we had a great time talking about his organization, talking about leadership and talking about success. And so without further uh, prolonging this introduction, we're going to go right into the interview that I did with Darren L. Harris. And then I will come back at the end of the interview and share just a little bit more with you. Let's go into the podcast and I hope that you gain some great tools and some great valuable content to help you lead and succeed more on purpose. Good afternoon, Darren. Good afternoon. It's good to be here. I appreciate you taking the time out to share with us today about uh, your organization, as well as a little bit more information about you. You know, I do my best to try to connect with individuals who I believe are truly living on purpose. Uh, that is the purpose of the podcast and, you know, really helping uh, individuals to connect with their purpose, but then also leveraging what skill sets, what natural ability they have um, to carry out their purpose for themselves, but yet also to establish influence in the world. And so I'm so thankful for you providing me this opportunity to share uh, with those who listen to the School of Purpose podcast each and every week. Yes, every now and then I get a chance to catch it myself. So it's uh, thank you for uh, giving us some words of wisdom around purpose. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Darren, why don't you tell uh, the listening audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, a little bit about me. Uh, <laughs> well, my name is Darren L. Harris, and I'm the CEO of an organization, a nonprofit organization called Ekaya Youth Project. Mm -hmm. And we're based out of Louisiana, and we currently serve about 2,000 youth and their families across the entire state. We have about uh, a little bit over 500 employees who actually help do the work. And we don't call them employees, but we call them team members. 
In addition to that, we also provide uh, an after-school program, a literacy program, and a STEM program in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, we're, we're definitely busy, always doing a whole lot. Uh, but if you ask about Darren L. Harris, I'm also uh, a motivational speaker, uh, inspirational speaker. Uh, definitely love to focus on leadership and to talk about, as you talk about, purpose. Definitely, I combine that with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in some of the books that I've written, uh, one of the books I'm thinking about right now is called The Unwritten Rules of Leadership. Mm-hmm. And one of the first unwritten rules of leadership, in my opinion, and these are things that are not common in, in most leadership circles. Uh, and the first one says that leaders who lead with love never lose. And so that's been the hallmark of my message when I'm speaking to leaders. Uh, I, I talk about how important it is to have compassion uh, for those that not only are you serving, but those that you're leading. Because once again, leadership is about influence, nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I truly believe that. Repeat that again. Leaders who lead with love never lose. It's never lose. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes when you love on people, you got to love on them hard. Mm-hmm. And that's called tough love. Right. Uh, and so teaching leaders how to do that in a more effective way uh, really does make a difference. I believe that's been a part of the success of the Kaya Youth Project and mm-hmm. why we've been able to expand so rapidly because, you know, everything begins with love. And, you know, our leadership uh, understands that and we talk about it. We uh, just it's embedded in everything that we do. And so we believe that as we work towards keeping young people who have a mental behavioral challenge in their homes, uh, you know, it's love that helps us to do that. And the ultimate goal is to keep them in their homes, of course, but out of hospitals, out of institutions and ultimately out of the grave. And so that's, uh, you know, that's really uh, the work that we do uh, at Akaya Youth mm-hmm. Project. I really like that. And, you know, that will be a tweetable for today's podcast. Leaders who lead with love never lose. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It is a win-win. So, Darren, on the School of Purpose podcast, I always have a couple of staple questions that I ask every interviewee, and you will be no different. So, today's uh, first question is, define purpose. Define purpose. Such a powerful word uh, for so many different reasons. Uh, Usually when I talk about purpose, and I'll get to the definition, uh, one that I believe is a working definition, uh, we all have been positioned with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. And I say that all the time, and I truly believe that uh, purpose to me is something that uh, has been destined for our lives. Uh, and it's something that it, it, when people understand, first of all, that they have purpose and they're, wherever they're passionate about, it's closely linked to their purpose. And so purpose for me, if I had to define purpose, purpose is what has been laid out, mm-hmm. uh, of course, by a much greater and higher power than any of us could ever. You know, it is a part of who we are. It's a part of our destiny. It is a part of our journey. Right. Uh, so purpose for me, if I had to define it, it's a part of my preordained per, uh, journey. Wow. Preordained journey. I like that. You know, one of the quotes that I, I like to hang on when it comes to, you know, success and purpose is a quote that I heard from Dr. Cindy Trim. And I pretty much adopted it for myself. And that is that uh, success truly is the fulfillment of purpose. And the key to success is self-mastery. Wow. And when you really understand what she's saying is that you can't, 
You can be successful truly by the world standard by having the accoutrements of success, cars, homes, businesses, all of the things that the world says is success. But you could truly miss success when you're not fulfilling the thing that you were called to do. And the way that you get to the point of fulfilling that which you're called to do, you have to master yourself, master your habits, master your behaviors, master the things that you do on a regular basis is what creates the life that you live. And when I heard that, I said that definitely is a definition that I would want to um, adopt for purpose and success. And so the next question would be, how would you define success? Well, success is uh, living in the fullness mm -hmm. as you so described uh, of your purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I don't think I know part of the challenge with many uh, people they want to be successful, mm -hmm. uh, and many of them may know their purpose. But sometimes we get wrapped up trying to do too many things. Right. And I remember a professor said to me once uh, that an educated person is one who knows a lot about one thing and a lot about every, uh, any, you know, many other things. And so really it all comes down to understanding what is your one thing? You know, what is your purpose? And so when we understand and we are for, or we fulfill that one thing, we become filled full right. with that one thing. And as we're filled full with that one thing, we definitely will be aligned in our purpose uh, and that's what I equate to success. And mm -hmm. for many of us, you know, it comes at different times in our lives uh, where we have that spiritual awakening, where that light bulb goes off. Like I've done many things that I would consider to be successful with different careers, but it wasn't until, you know, I had... Uh, the journey, such as many of the young people that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis and their families, that it all came together. And I write about that in a book called Living Life, Leaving Legacy. Mm. And I don't spend a whole lot of time giving, you know, the child story. I get right into it, where the spiritual awakening happened, where I was on the verge of jumping off of a bridge in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. Uh, and it all made sense you know, in that moment that there was more work for me to do. And everything that I had experienced, everything I had encountered, everything I had lived and even relived was to bring me to this point where I am today. And so everything is now aligning. Like there are not too many concerns or worries, you know. And I used to be in the entertainment industry and in the music industry, which I loved and had a great time, right. but it wasn't what I was purposed for. Mm. It wasn't what I was positioned for. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a tragedy happened, right, that the light bulb came on and I realized that a part of my life's journey was to help individuals to see that they do have purpose, to mm -hmm. see that their lives are valuable and mm -hmm. they do have value. Uh, but what's important to help, under pe help people understand is that you can't value others until you see the value in, in yourself. yourself. That's right. And I was in leadership. I was a CEO of a healthcare company, a mental healthcare company in Atlanta, Georgia, mm. when I had the spiritual awakening of sorts where, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was really tough. It was a tough space for me. Uh, 
Uh, but it all came together and things are so much better now. I mean, it's so much brighter and I get it. I get it. And so if anybody's out there and, you know, and they're struggling, uh, uh, trying to f figure out what their purpose is, uh, find where your passion is. And I'm really passionate about young people. So it doesn't take long to really find out what your purpose is if you just mm -hmm. think about what you're passionate about. If it's good. baking cakes, bake cakes, <laughs> you know, and be the best cake baker that you can be. Because here's what I know. Um, there will never be another you. Mm -hmm. There will never be another me. We get one shot at this thing. And so it, it, we got to do it right. This is it. So we may as well be the best version of ourselves and I may as well be the best me that I can be. Marquise should be the best Marquise that he can be because there'll never ever in this life again be another you. Mm -hmm. And so we have to figure out, you know, what legacy we're, we're going to leave. You know, what is going to be our footprint here, our fingerprint? What mark are we going to leave? And that's what I talk about in Living Life, Leaving Legacy. Yes, we're supposed to enjoy life and have a great time, but at the end of the day, what's, what is you know, what are people going to say about you? What is going to be your legacy? And so as we're living our life, we should be also leaving our legacy. That's good. That's good. Living life, leaving legacy. Yes. Wow. That's really good. And so as we talk about purpose, tell us how Akaya was birthed out of this knowledge of what you believed was your purpose after coming, um, having the company uh, as a counselor, as a mental health company that you had. Because one of the things that I preached about this past Sunday, and I ended the message discussing how I was climbing this corporate ladder of success, only to realize that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. Wow. So how do you make that pivot? How do you make that shift after you have created a career, created a company um, and uh, doing something that was maybe close to what you believed your purpose was, but yet not exactly it? How did you make that pivot and, and how did you birth this new organization at Kaya? Well, I, I appreciate that question. I'm still visualizing that analogy <laughs> going up that ladder gotcha. and it being the wrong wall only to say oops the great thing about that is you know just as we were able to go up we can come that's down right that's and right and find the right wall but akaya youth project actually was birthed out of a mission trip i had gone mm -hmm. to africa durban south africa and i was introduced to the akaya multicultural art center Okay. But while I was there, it's a place for young people, uh, post-apartheid, that uh, President Nelson Mandela at the time thought that it would be great to build these centers for young people that was uh, you know, ran by young people and governed by young people, and they had full control. And if you're an adult, you have to sign in to get in. Mm -hmm. uh, and I met a group of young people there, and we had an impromptu focus group. And I just sat there and started asking them questions because I was so amazed that they had all of the arts there. I mean, they had dance and theater. I mean, they had sports there. They had their own uh, studio, music studio, and they had a radio station that broadcast mm -hmm. throughout. And they did some debating. And there's another program called Love Life, which focused on HIV. As you know, that's huge in, in Africa, and so they really focused on that. So I set those young people uh, down, and we did an impromptu focus group, and it was great. 
it was amazing and you can actually hear that on our website uh, and which you know we'll share with the people and the video clip is there you can hear those young people in real time back in 2007 April 2007 so it's almost been 10 years so they're adults now um, but they tell me exactly what I needed to do in order to create what they had created mm -hmm. in Africa. Wow. And so it's a very powerful interview. I, I make sure I listen to it at least once a month to remind me of why I do what I do mm -hmm. and, and the individuals that are responsible for importing wisdom in my life, these kids at the time, these young people. And they gave me some really good advice. And uh, immediately I got on a plane and I started to draft out some things but I remember, you know, what those young people said, that if, if I was going to be successful, then I had to embrace the spirit of Akaya. So Akaya is a Zulu word, which means home, but it, not in the sense that we talk about home in the American English. Mm -hmm. It means where individuals are able to bring shared values, shared ideas, where everyone is welcome at the table, no matter who you are or where you've been, everyone is intentionally welcome at the table. Wow. Now, being welcome at the table doesn't mean you're going to like everything that's at the table. If you don't like the peas, pass them. Mm -hmm. But everyone is welcome. And so we embrace the essence of Ikaya, and I really try to live out the essence of Ikaya and import that throughout everything that I do, whether it's with Ikaya Youth Project, Inc., where we have multiple programs. So we are Louisiana's first statewide family support organization. and. Okay the only statewide family support organization in America, by the way, uh, that employs over 500 uh, peer support. And these are individuals who have similar life experiences. These are wow. parents who have children with mental behavioral challenges or youth who have now grown up. And so it's just an amazing time to live out the spirit of Ikai. So that's where it all began. Um, and so the, to embrace the essence of Ikai is really what I uh, intend to do every day. So that's that's what we do. Awesome. I hope I answered the question. Did I get, you did. You did. Okay. You I get excited. You answered the question, and that's all right. So passionate about it because it is my purpose. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, a lot of times we, we talk about the successes. We talk about the great things that uh, we've been able to accomplish when we are moving in our purpose, when we are um, on purpose. But what's been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome since starting a Kaya Youth Project and really beginning to fully move in uh, this thing that we're calling purpose for you. So, yeah, oh, wow. So there have been several. Okay. And I've probably had more failures than I've had successes. Mm. But also, I am an entrepreneur, and I always say to people that if the benefits outweigh the risk, then there are no risks. Mm. Go for it. Say that again. If the, the benefits, benefits outweigh the risk, then there are no risks. Mm, go for it. Go for it. Just go for it. And so in terms of challenges uh, that we've encountered, uh, I would say I'm, I'm going to turn the mirror towards me on this one because what I know is I'm, I'm a great leader. I'm charismatic. I can get before people and I can make things happen. Okay. And that's a really strong area of mine where I may have a little bit more of a deficit is in management. And I, I shared this. I'm very transparent. I talked to my team about this today. And because I have multiple things going on, it's very difficult sometimes to manage. But as a CEO of a company, that's a part of the requirement to right. manage. 
uh, and to lead. It's just it just so happened I happen to be a much stronger leader, uh, and I can influence people because leadership is about influence. Uh, but you know, in terms of management, I've learned that I've had to let things go, mm-hmm. and so that's been really the challenge. There's a there's a very ancient but relevant book that I read often, and there is a passage that talks about vision. Mm-hmm. And what happens with vision is there is a receiver of the vision. So it's never ours. There's a receiver of the vision. That's usually your leader who's very charismatic. The leader receives the vision and then mm-hmm. is told to write the vision right, the and vision. make it plain. Yeah, That's what the book says, right? So <laughs> book, I, I can't make this up, but it's really powerful. Uh, so you receive, you write, and here comes the difficult part for the leader and that is the release. Hmm. And we are to release it so someone else, the managers, can read and run with it. A lot of R's. I love alliteration. Very powerful thing about vision. I'm getting chills even talking about it. And it just made sense. It, like a light bulb just came on. So you have the leaders who are the receivers of the vision. They, they write it. They make it plain. Then they have to release it mm-hmm. so that your managers can then read it and run with it. Where we get in trouble is, is in the release. We don't want to release it because it's ours and mm-hmm. not understanding that the only way we can keep what we have is by giving it away. That's how you get more. Right. And so in, it's in the release. Now, you have to be careful because sometimes you can release it to someone who may be illiterate. And that's a dangerous thing. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that if you are a leader, that you release the vision to someone who is literate right. <laughs> and who is right. spiritually right. literate right. And, and, you know, all kind of other things. And then their job is to take it once they read it is to run with it. Mm-hmm. And as they do that, and what I've learned over time uh, is that that was where part of my challenge was, was in the release. So you asked me where, you know, I need some help because, you know, here, here's the reality. I am not more of a manager. I'm more of a leader. leader. And so when I release it, that's when more comes. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me the other day, how does all this stuff come to you? Well, I've learned the art of the release. I wish I could write a book about that. Maybe I'll leave that up to you. The I have art stuff of the book. release. It's the art of the release. And, and many people, we, we miss that. Mm-hmm. We miss that part as leaders. But there has to be a transfer of the vision. Mm. or it never is fulfilled. It's not ours. So if you're a leader, release it. Wow, that's good. That's really good. Thank you. That is really good. The art I'm actually enjoying this conversation. I got chills at the table and everything. This is great. This is great. So releasing. Um, There's so much, you know, that we could talk about as it pertains to, you know, being men, being planters, being releasers. Yes. Um, and a lot of times, many of us who, who have vision, who have dreams, uh, we ultimately allow life to dictate to us uh, the possibility of them. And so what would you say to someone who knows that they are not really on purpose, who knows that every day I am unfulfilled every day. I'm struggling to, to get up and go do, you know, the job that I have, to get up and go do what I have committed myself to doing, knowing that it's really not pulling on the potential 
that's within me, knowing that it's not really pulling on that purpose within me. What would you say to that individual to help encourage them, inspire them, and say, you know, and let them know it's not over? I would first say to them that they're blessed. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I would say that is because they feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Because just like pain says that there's a sign that something's wrong, that's what being uncomfortable does. Wow. Putting on a pair of pants that doesn't fit anymore, that mm-hmm. is uncomfortable, says that I need to change. It's a dangerous thing when we don't know that we need to change and we need to change. Mm-hmm. But when we know that we need to change and we can feel we need to change, you're blessed. You're blessed. Wow. So that's the first thing I would say to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that something's got to change. Something's right. not right. Right. Um, you know, even flying in here today, uh, you know, I stepped off the plane. The weather is completely different than humid, hot New Orleans. Mm-hmm says, I need change, or I need to put something else on. There has to be something that needs to happen. And if I don't acclimate to what, you know, the environment mm-hmm. is calling for, then there's a possibility that I might get sick or even die. So if they're in that place, you're blessed. Feel it, but now do something about it. Wow. Do something about it. That's really good. And that's really the question. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What action are you going to take? What are you going to execute? That is really good. Well, I want to take a quick break before we go into our next section of the podcast. The first half has been awesome. You okay. really have been you know, giving us some great insight on you know, how do we align ourselves with our purpose? What do we need to do when we feel like we're not necessarily on purpose and, and in an unfulfilled state? And next, I just want to go into, you know, really giving people some tips and some resources or tools on, well, what if I want to make a transition from uh, being an employee and stepping into entrepreneurship? Or what if I'm ready to shift my career into something that's more purposeful uh, and something that I'm more passionate about? So we'll be back right right after uh, this commercial. All right. Thank you. All right. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Or maybe you're an intrapreneur, someone who has a full-time job, but yet has a desire to have an entrepreneurial endeavor. Or maybe you're like me, an infopreneur who is looking to build a platform and a business. Well, I have the group just for you. The School of Purpose Facebook group. The School of Purpose Facebook group was created to help individuals achieve more, become more intentional, and get the results they want in their business, career, and life. This group exists to teach valuable principles on success and achievement. We are about taking action intentionally to produce great results. The vision of the School of Purpose Facebook group is to be the preferred accountability group for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and any individual who desires to show up greater in life. We will provide tools, resources, and relationships so that no one has to pursue their dreams alone, 
but can successfully achieve their dreams in harmony with others. If you are interested in joining the Facebook group called The School of Purpose, all you have to do is go to www.schoolofpurpose.net. That's www.schoolofpurpose.net. I look forward to welcoming you home to The School of Purpose. All right, so we're back finishing up our interview with Darren L. Harris, CEO of Akaya Youth Project in Louisiana. And we just got finished talking about purpose, passion, aligning ourselves with our purpose and passion. You talked a little bit about how Akaya Youth Project got started and, and how that was birthed from you. And now I want to shift to talking a little bit about, you know, what if I am wanting to step out, start my own uh, company, start my own nonprofit organization, or even step into a career that I'm more passionate about that really pulls on my purpose? What tips would you give someone who thinks that they're ready to make that shift into maybe an entrepreneurial opportunity or maybe a new career that's more in alignment with their purpose? What tips would you give them? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be my first. uh, But of course, you know, we have to always uh, count the cost. Okay. Which comes from an ancient but relevant book as well. Right. Got to count the cost. You know, many of us, we have dreams and there's nothing wrong with having dreams. And there are many times that I've stepped out by faith and had to just go for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said earlier, if the benefits outweigh the risk, then there are no risks. Go for it. Like, absolutely. Take it. Um, You know, I've walked off of really decent jobs. Okay. And uh, because I knew that in that moment, this was my time, you know. And so you should follow uh, your spirit or your instinct, depending on, you know, what your faith tells you. Uh, But generally we know when it is the time mm-hmm. there's certain things that we have to do to keep in order so you know there, there's a workshop that I do often and there is uh, a set of skills that I teach I call it the ACTS A-C-T-S okay. and it really works uh, not just in the world of nonprofit. it works in the world of corporate and it works personally and it's an acronym A-C-T-S which stands for A accountability you know, there are certain things that we absolutely have to be accountable for, right? And so you want to take that into consideration before stepping out. Uh, and the C is compliance. There are certain things that we have to, you got to pay your light bill. That's compliance. So you can see where that ties in. But the T, especially for those who are stepping out by faith, is really important. And that's that transparency piece. Um, and you have to be willing to be transparent, not just to others, but to yourself. That's where accountability really begins. You have to be able to own it. Mm-hmm. And when it, in terms of stepping out and doing something new and reaching for your goals, you know, a lot of times there is no path, right? There's no book, there's no guide. I mean, you can identify mentors and people who may have gone that way and direction, but uh, there's one uh, unwritten rule that I talk about in the unwritten rules of leadership that says when uh, if uh, the opportunity doesn't exist, create it. If it doesn't exist, 
you create it. It's already within you. Everything that we need, everything that, you know, is a part of our life's journey, that's a part of our purpose and our passion, we already have everything we need. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of us discovering that we have it. And right. once we realize that we have what we need, then we're able to move forward. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, that last part of the ACTS is really important because this is where we get in the caboodle. Uh, it's sustainability. Mm -hmm. You got to eat. <laughs> you know, eat. and that's the reality. So when I say that, that means sometimes we have to do, you know, or uh, take certain traditional jobs to make sure that we're sustainable, mm -hmm. so, you know, or find ways or creative ways to ensure that we eat. That's right. That's really important and that we are able to pay our bills or take care of our families. You know, that is really important. A lot of times, you know, and I'm I'm guilty of it. Mm -hmm. I'll get these grand ideas. And I have no way or means to pay for it. And so sustainability really is important. And sustainability is not just about the right now. It's also about the hereafter. Right. right. And right. what does that look like for us? And so that means that, you know, there's a certain level of accountability there. You know, you have to save and you have to sometimes go on a very tight budget. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I tell people I'm on a low to no budget, mm -hmm. you know, and or it's not in my budget. And that's where the sacrifice comes in. So I also like to use the S as sacrifice too, because it takes sacrifice. If there's something you really want to do and you want it bad enough, you're going to do what it takes. Act. So go with, go through those real quick again. A-C-T-S. So mm -hmm. that's A for accountability, C for compliance, T for transparency, and S for sustainability. Wow. Yeah. Those were great. Those were absolutely great. What is your number one ritual or practice that helps you to stay focused? Uh, well, I'm a 100% certified nerd. Okay. I read. You read. Wow. I love to read. Mm. And in fact, I go through airports often and I get really nervous because I, I know what I'm going to do and I know what I shouldn't do, mm -hmm. but I do it anyway. Mm -hmm. and I didn't do it this time. I go buy a book. Okay. It's something about reading. Reading is fundamental. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's where I gain a lot of knowledge and I can also escape. Now, I don't read a lot of uh, fiction, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, but uh, I read a lot of nonfiction. Right. I want to read about success. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I want to be successful. I read about management. Why? Because I want to be a better manager. I read about leadership because I want to be a better leader. Mm -hmm. And so the, whatever it is that you know individuals want to be, be. that's what they should read. read. And as you read it, you become it, right? You start to uh, eat it and regurgitate it, chew on it. I mean, it's, it's just a powerful thing. And I say that to uh, many people, a lot of times, you know, as I'm speaking, it's something I may have read five years ago. Uh, and so I'm just not that bright, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of this really comes from, you know, a lot of self-study and educating myself on what it is I want to be. So whatever it is you want to be, that's what you have to invest in and that's what you will become. And I say this to people all the time in my workshops and talks, what you hear affects what you would think and what you think affects what you will do or ultimately become. Mm -hmm. It's really important. So what are you hearing? Mm. Who are you listening to? Uh, it's, you know, which is really important because sometimes it's those outside voices or external voices that really hinder us and prevent us from being all that we can be. But the worst voice and the worst enemy is the enemy. 
wow. or the enemy mm-hmm. that talks to us. And we, a lot of times we talk ourselves out of things mm-hmm. before someone would ever even say anything. You know, we might have a whole crowd of fans and believers who's, who root us on, but we talk ourselves out of it every time and we sell ourselves short. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody's out there and you're that person, don't be that person, you know. Watch what you say to yourself. In other words, mm-hmm. watch your mouth. <laughs> There's a quote that I always use when I'm doing workshops a lot of times when we're talking about limiting thoughts and mm-hmm. self-defeating habits. And that is, I found the enemy mm-hmm. and the enemy was me. Ooh. Because we like to externally always put the blame on something else. Doesn't it feel better? Though? <laughs> uh, it feels better, but it's denying the yeah. truth. And the truth yeah. at the end of the day is that you are 100% responsibility for the things that are going on in your life, especially if you're an adult, you know. And yes, we've all gone through various things in our lives, but we get to choose as an adult. We get to choose as an adult. And I like what Iyana says, as long as you do the work, do the work, you get to, to choose ultimately what that result looks like, you know. And I found the enemy, and the enemy was me. I'm glad you mentioned um, books, because the next question is, what is one book that has had the biggest impact on you to date? Just one. Uh, it's sad, I don't know the author. Okay. But it's called Fix It. Fix It. Mm. Two powerful words. It's about accountability. Okay. Uh, which happens to be the first letter in the Acts. Um, now, huge on accountability. Part of that is probably my Marine Corps history and mm-hmm. being in the military. Uh, and as a veteran, accountability is just huge for me. And Fix It talks about owning it. Mm. And who needs to own it? And owning it begins with the individual and then owning it goes to departmental and then organizational. So I, I love to to talk about accountability because that's where it begins, you know. And true leaders who actually have influence uh, are not afraid to own it. Right. And you know we're like you just talked about. We are responsible for the success and for the failures of our lives, of our companies, of our ministries. We are. And so if you can just own it, you know, uh, instead of blaming it, <laughs> uh, own it. Own it. You know, I think that's the number one thing I say to myself all the time. And, you know, that's how we fix it. Mm-hmm. And here's what I learned, if I could just share really quickly. I oh. used to say that term all the time before I read that book. And I had to really examine why I would say that to my team members. You know, they'll come to me with a problem that I always define as a challenge because it's a challenge to me, uh, because it it feels different for mm-hmm. me as a veteran, as a Marine, because I want to take on what? Most people want to take on challenges. When you hear problem, you don't want to deal with a problem. Right. But challenges, you want to take on a challenge. And so we define them as challenges, and I, I just recall, and this happens to me still now, they bring all of these challenges to me, and I would always look at them and say, fix it. Mm-hmm. And so I started to examine, why am I telling them to fix it? Um, and it made sense one day, and I said this to my corporate compliance officer, you know, she was like not getting why I kept saying fix it. But for me, when I say fix it, it means I trust you. Mm. You don't tell someone you don't trust to fix, fix it. it. 
You don't give something or turn something over to someone who you don't trust. So really when I say fix it, it means I trust you. And so when we talk about owning it and we talk about the book Fix It, when I read it and it talks about owning it, what I have to say to myself is, I trust me enough to do this. To do it. And so the question for all of us, do you trust yourself enough mm -hmm. to fix it? Wow. Fix it. Fix it. Means trust. Or means, means I, I trust, trust you. I trust you. Interesting. That's very good. What are you currently reading right now? Uh, currently reading right now. One book. One book. It's, <laughs> I don't know the author's name, and shame on me. You know, I skip right over authors. That's hard. Well, we will, we will definitely add it in the show notes so that people know the well, author. Great. Yeah. So the one book is called One Thing. One Thing. Wow. Very powerful book. It's a must read for those who are, always have multiple things going on and multiple ideas such as myself and call themselves master uh, multitaskers. Well, that book tells you flat out, you're a lie. You're a lie. There's no way you can do it. I say it that all the time, you, wow. You, it, he talks about juggling, and even juggling is an illusion because even the juggler is only really doing one thing at a time. Everything else is suspended in the, the air. air. So even if you say, I'm juggling, you're not juggling. You're really just doing one thing at a time, and it's an illusion. And how many of us are great illusionists? Mm. And we've been able to even cause ourselves to believe our illusions about who we think we are. So it's a very powerful book. It's called One Thing. One Thing. I like that. I'm yeah. going to have to pick that up off the shelf. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. What is your number one pet peeve? Wow. Well, as a leader <laughs> who leads with love, um, I guess my number one pet peeve, uh, well, I never really, it's a great question. I never really thought about it, but I, I think it's hearing the word problem. Mm. Versus saying challenge. Challenge. So it is a pet peeve of mine when I hear people say, we have a problem, and it does something to me. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel some kind of way mm -hmm. uh, when I hear people say that, especially if it's those that I'm leading. And so, you know, yeah, it's kind of a pet peeve to hear problem. But here's what I challenge myself is to not allow the word problem to be a problem because the real definition of problem doesn't always mean anything negative. It just means that there's something that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. That's all. Wow. So I'm working on my own problem. <laughs> Interesting. What is your favorite thing to do in your spare time? Favorite thing to do in my spare time? Well, what is spare time? <laughs> that was my first um, so you're that, if you're that busy, then you're too busy. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing to do in my spare time is definitely to go to the beach or large bodies of water. Uh, that's where I feel more, most serene and mm. at peace. In okay. fact, I'm scheduled to go next week. Okay. Uh, I'm not quite sure which beach yet. I haven't decided, uh, but I'm just going to wake up on Monday and figure it out. And figure it book out. Somewhere and go. So, yeah, that, that is my favorite thing to do in the spare time. Sit on the beach. And you probably won't guess what I'll be doing on the beach, but it's probably going to involve a book. Reading. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. If... 
we lived in, quote unquote, an ideal world. And all things could be the way you wanted it to be. What would it be? I wouldn't be here. <laughs> no, what I want it to be. Whoa. Uh, I think if that were the case, it would be exactly what it is now. Hmm. Interesting. For this is what the Creator has chosen. Wow. Yeah. All, all of it, that, everything that comes with it. If I had to, uh, I think it's what it's supposed to be. You know, a little failure, a little success, uh, sunny days, cloudy days, um, good times, bad times, all of that. You know, how can we appreciate what isn't unless we understand what is, right? Mm -hmm. How can we appreciate those things? And so I think it's a combination of all those things. I think I would, it would be just what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really good. Well, we're coming to the close of the oh. interview. That's why we were do asking some of those personal questions, but also getting some insight on some of the first things someone could do to make that pivot. But what I would like for you to do now is kind of look at the camera and share one last parting piece of advice to someone who said, who's ready to make the shift, who's ready to step inside their purpose and really make a change or transformation in their life? I will go back to the same thought uh, that I shared earlier, and that is if the opportunity doesn't exist, create it. Mm. The opportunity doesn't exist, create it. You know what it is, create it. You know what it looks like, create it. You know what it feels like, create it. By the way, we all are creators in a sense because we have been made in the likeness and image uh, of what I believe, God that I believe, uh, and God's a creator. And so if God's a creator, then so are you. So it all begins with what you hear and what you think, but then you have to speak it. You have to speak it into existence and it shall come to pass. I think that's what I have. Awesome, awesome. Create it. Create it. If it doesn't exist, create it. So, Darren, tell us real quickly what's going on with Akaya Youth Project. Any new endeavors, any new things that are going Ooh. on that you would like people to know about? Yeah, great thing. So, I have a shirt on right now. I always want to talk about this. This is really important. A national movement. It's called ZeroStigma.org. And the purpose of ZeroStigma.org is to intentionally say to, especially communities of color, that there is no shame and no blame as it relates to mental or behavioral health challenges. Mm. It's time to talk about it. And for so, so many years, you know, in our communities, we failed to talk about many issues, really, many challenges. Uh, but we're saying around mental health, it's time to talk about it, say something. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was great. Uh, this past July, Essence Music Festival picked it up. And so awesome. we're grateful for that partnership. But we're saying unapologetically, and you know, there's no shame and no blame as it relates to mental health. And so if there's someone out there and you're depressed or you know, you're hearing voices, you're down and out, say something. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. I oftentimes think about my grandmother because I was a nosy kid growing up and I love <laughs> being around my grandmother. But every now and then I would hear something that I wasn't supposed to hear. Mm -hmm. And she would just kind of look me in the eyes and then she would give me the finger, well, this finger, and then she would 
do one of these motions and I would get closer and she would grab, she didn't want anybody to see, grab right underneath here and squeeze really, really tight. Mm -hmm. And she would look me straight in the eye and she would always say, you bet not say nothing. Wow. And that's pretty much been the temperament of our community. We just don't say anything. And we know that, you know, that there's uh, challenges within our communities. But now it's time to say something. So that's what we say unapologetically uh, about this particular message. And so it really is important. So that's the number one thing that I would say that Akaya is really responsible for. And I'm so proud of those that have taken on that message and spreading the message. In fact, I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, there's a great pastor out here, Pastor San uh, Franklin Jackson, who we're going to be meeting with later on this this uh, evening, and you know we're strategizing and talking about some ways uh, to you know co I guess partner and uh, collaborate on many of these uh, challenges. But I'm just excited to be here in Nashville. I feel like there's uh, a fresh wind, uh, and I feel comfortable when I'm here. It's almost natural oh, wow. uh, just to be here, and it's not a long flight, so it's great uh -huh. to be here. Another thing that we have going on, and I uh, I love to talk about this, it's called Frontline 2, F-R-O-N-T-L-I-N-E, Frontline 2. It's our music project. I'm also in the music industry, mm -hmm. so I'm executive producer of this great uh, album, some great artists on there like uh, Travis Malloy, Jordan Armstrong, and many other uh, artists who are under the Kaya uh, family. And so I'm excited about that. And then also our uh, national call that happens, our Kaya Leadership Institute call, which happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So it's a free call for anyone. And of course, they can get me on my Facebook page or mm -hmm. they can uh, tweet me on Twitter. And, uh, you know, anyways, uh, they can get that information. So that's a couple of things that's going on. I'm excited. We have a whole lot of other things going on, but that's uh, those three things are always at the forefront. All right. Well, just share real quickly, how can people learn more about you, Akaya Youth Project? What are those URLs, websites, as well as uh, you mentioned that you were on Facebook, Twitter. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I have a website. It's www.darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, lharris.com. And I always have to say I because I have an individual, E for everybody else. But that's how you spell my name, Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N-L-Harris.com. That's one way you can uh, link up with me. And there you can see uh, all of my, my Twitter and my Facebook. Mm -hmm. But I am on Facebook at Darren L. Harris. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can uh, tweet me <laughs> on Twitter uh, uh, at Darren L. Harris. So awesome. that, that's where it is. That's all you need to look up is Darren L. Harris. And then, of course, at Kaya Youth Project, we have a website as well. Uh, somewhat challenging to spell sometimes, but uh, I'll spell it for you. It is www.akaya, and I'll spell that. It's E K H A Y A, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, O as in Oscar.org. And the FSO stands for Family Support Organization. And then you'll see links to many of our other programs and so on and so forth. There's just a whole lot that we're doing and a lot of great partnerships as well. And so we're excited and thank you once again for this time and this opportunity uh, to speak to you and your audience. Awesome. Well, Darren, thank you for being with us on today uh, with the School of Purpose podcast. Great information, great value. And we hope that uh, you come again. All right. Well, All thank, right. You. thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, there you have it. 
the interview with Darren L. Harris. It was truly my pleasure to sit down with Darren and and talk about some of these things on leadership and success. And I hope that you enjoyed the content that he provided because I believe it will be very valuable in moving your leadership skills and your success forward. Once again, join me in the School of Purpose uh, Facebook page where we are engaging with one another, we are sharing with one another, and we are growing with one another. All you have to do is go to www.schoolofpurpose.net. I also would invite you to come over to my website at markeithbrayton.com or purposeprofessor.com. There you'll find blogs and other podcasts that you might find helpful to help you to move and to be more on purpose. And so I look forward to sharing with you each and every week. Join me right here every Monday where I will be uploading a brand new episode, brand new podcast for you to download to your iPhone or to your Android phone. You could subscribe to the School of Purpose podcast in iTunes, or you could go to your Google Play store and download the School of Purpose podcast into your podcast app. I am so blessed and I am so excited that you have decided to follow me as well as be a part of the School of Purpose. And why don't you just send me a message, an email, if there's something that was said that you felt like was very instrumental in your growth, something that was said that you felt like was very transformational, send me an email, markeith at markeithbrayton.com, or you can go to my website and fill out the contact form and I will get the email that way. Have a blessed week. Have a wonderful week. Have a productive week. And we will talk again next Monday for the School of Purpose podcast. Be blessed.